Well, welcome to those online. Thank you for joining us today. It's so great to have you as a part of the Connect Church family. Can we just say a big hello? You know, the manager of a trucking company needed to hire some workers. And so as he did that, he, he was like, I, I need the best people to drive for my trucking, trucking company. So he decided to set up a test. Everybody say a test. Yes. So he, he decided to set up a, a, a test. And it was on a, a mountain road, a very narrow road. I don't know whether you've seen that program, The World's Most Dangerous Roads. You know, it's like there's certain countries like India. We lived in India. I've been on some of those roads. When we used to take the bus to Goa, we'd freak out because you'd sit at the back of the bus and the bus would be going like this and the driver's like crazy ass. And, uh, and you're like, man, I hope he, uh, you, you've got to understand, if you go over that cliff, you fall to your certain death. It was that kind of road that the manager wanted to test these guys out on. And so the first guy, he comes up, he's a, he's a little bit of bravado. He says, like, you watch how I drive, bro. You watch it. You watch it. Here, here, man, he got in the truck and he started driving up the hill as fast as he could. And the thing was, he was a, a, a good driver. I mean, he, he, he drove about this far away from the edge. He's like, they're like, oh, gets to the top. He's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. The next driver, he's like, you think that was good? You watch this. And so he gets in the truck. He's driving. He's not just driving a couple of inches. He's driving so that, that a part of his wheel is off the edge. In fact, it's so far off the edge, bits of dirt are dropping down into the valley below. That's how close he is to the edge. The third driver says, oh, well, that was okay, just watch me. And what he does is he gets in the truck and he drives as far away from the edge as possible. He drives right next to the bank. He zooms up, gets to the top of it. Which one do you think, and that's not a trick question, which one do you think the manager hired? Yeah, number three. Some of you are not too sure. But as, as number three, he hired the guy that stayed away from the edge. The moral of the story is keep away from the edge. I want to talk to you today on the topic of temptation. It's gone quiet in this Presbyterian church. Come on, somebody. I mean, uh, We're going to talk on the topic of temptation because I, I want you to stay away from the edge. Turn to your neighbor and say, I like this, Pastor. We're touching on the topic of temptation. Why am I doing it? Because I want to help some people today. I want to help you today. John chapter 1 verse 17 says, grace and truth. It's not just grace. A lot of Christians live in grace. I understand. Grace and truth. Come through Jesus Christ. I love God's grace. I thank God. I need God's grace. Anyone else need God's grace here? Yeah. Come on. Unless you didn't put your hand up, I'm telling you, you need God's, uh, God's grace. We need the grace of God. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For us by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's nothing we can do. But it's a gift from God, not by works so that anyone can boast. We can't go around saying, I am so amazing. God, look at me. No, we need His grace. It's a gift from God. But we also need truth. And I want to give you some truth about temptation today. Because, and why do we need truth? Because we, we need truth. And I love prayer and I love all. But, but the Bible actually doesn't say prayer sets you free. The Bible says truth sets you free. Come on, I'm preaching good, right? As you understand truth, 
That might be in prayer because remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It says you understand truth, whether that be in prayer, whether that be by reading his word. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. As we begin to understand truth, that's what sets us free. And he who the Son sets free, and the Son is the way, the truth, and the life, is really free indeed. So we need to understand there is grace and there is truth. And so I'm wanting to give you some truth about temptation that I think will help you. Now, I understand as I'm meeting here today that actually in this service, no one struggles with the temptation. Amen. That's a good place. <laughs> None of you struggle, but this is so we can help our friends in the 8 a.m. service and the 9.30 service. They, they need all the help we can get. I won't tell you what I told the other services. Um, I just won't tell you. But I understand no one here struggles with temptation. But this is the thing that we can use to help other people that we know and come in contact. Are you with me, uh, people? But I want to tell you that in today's church, information on temptation is not given too much deliberation. Yo, yo, what's up? That's my rap for today. Temptation is something that many Christians are confused about. So I want to shed some light and possibly bring some clarity and around the whole area of what is temptation. Now, in the Hebrew of the Old Testament and the Greek of the New Testament, uh, temptation, the word temptation, its meaning simply means a test. A test. If you look at the fancy Greek word and the fancy Hebrew word, it simply means a test. Now, that's what it means, of course, in the Hebrew and the Greek, but only you can tell me what temptation means for you. Only you can tell me what temptation is for you. That might be what it is in the Hebrew and the Greek, but only you know, come on, preacher, preaching good, what temptation is for you. Only you can identify that because Edward Donnelly said this, there are as many forms of temptation as there are Christians. Ain't that the truth? Now, I think probably the best way to understand what temptation is, is to look at what it is not. And so I want to start by saying simply this, temptation is not sin. Oh, I'm trying to help some people here today. Temptation is not sin. You might say, well, how do you even know that, pastor? Because Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. Hebrews 4 verse 15, and oh, you've got to get it. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know what that's saying? That's saying Jesus understands what you're going through. He understands what your struggles... When you think, oh, God just doesn't understand what... He understands. We don't have a high priest. He's not a God who is far away and unremoved and and doesn't know the mere affairs of man. The Bible even said he knows the hairs on our head. And I know for some that's easier than others. Come on, somebody. But it's... But the reality is that's how much he knows you. Your name, you know, other people might forget you. He will never forget you. He's got you tattooed. He thought of the idea of tattooing on the palm of his, uh, palm of his hands. My dad's got a tattoo of his old girlfriend. And fortunately, it's not my mum. It's permanent. Don't talk to my dad about it. It's a sore point. Definitely don't talk to my mum about it. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, God knows who you are. That's the detail. 
That's the detail of, of what God is, is like. He knows the detail. Yet we do not have this high priest who can't identify with what we as humans walk through. He, he, he can understand our feelings and our firmity. But Jesus was, listen, in all points, in every way, in every area, all points. No, you can't say, well, you don't understand Jesus because you've not been tempted. No, in all points. Every area, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is you're feeling, no one understands me. I want to tell you, he understands. Come on. Preacher preaching. Was in all points tempted just as you are. So Jesus was tempted yet was without sin. So understand here today, and you've got to get this today because some of you are struggling so hard because you're feeling like, man, I'm always tempted all the time. May as well just give up. I can't make it. But, but I wanted you to understand Jesus was tempted and did not sin. Temptation is not sin. Very important. You've got to get this. Because some of you have been thinking it is and you've been battling and you've been going, oh, man, man I'm so useless. I'm so dumb. No. You're just human. It's quiet in this. <laughs> Okay, it's a tough topic. Okay, I I understand. Jesus was without sin to be tempted. So I want you to understand. I want you to walk out. If you don't understand, to be tempted is not to sin. Fulton J. Sheen said this about temptation, and it's so true. You are not tempted. Understand this. You are not tempted because you are evil. You are tempted because you are human. Temptation is a part of the human condition. Matthew Henry, the great commander of the Bible, said the best of saints may be tempted by the worst of sins. Temptation is something we must never excite, but always expect. I look at these quotes now by Anonymous, but sometimes it just says Anon. When I was new to church and trying to put quotes together. I'm just not educated enough. I just thought, who is this incredible guy, Anon? He's just like, man, he is so wise. He's got so much wisdom. Come on. You've got to pray for your pastor. He needs all the help. I'm just, Anon's amazing. Why have I never heard about him in any philosophical books? It's anonymous. Finally figured it out. Sounds like, pastor, it's anonymous. All right. See me in my office. But I'm trying to help some people today. Let me, let me say, this is what I'm trying to try. I want you to understand. Don't let the fact that you're tempted make you feel like you've failed. Don't make the fact that you're tempted make you feel like you've failed. That's what the enemy would do. The fact that you're tempted does not mean you have failed. I always put it like this, and I've used this example many times over the years. You can't stop the birds flying over your hair. But you can stop them making a nest if you've got here. Come on, somebody. You can stop them. AJ moves his cap. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't have this. Chicken. Jesus, listen, Jesus, upon being baptized, heard the voice of his father. He went, now, you, you know the story. He goes into the waters of baptism. The Holy Spirit comes down. He hears the voice from heaven. This is my son with whom 
I am well pleased. Jesus like, awesome. Maybe you've heard that over the course of your life. It's my son, you're my son, and you're, do- uh, and you're my daughter. Jesus heard, heard that. But then it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wild for 40 wilderness days and nights. He was tempted by the devil. Jesus was tempted. What can I see from the scripture? Straight away I can see you can be full of the Holy Spirit and be tempted by the devil. You can be full of the Holy Spirit and be tempted by the devil. But you already knew that anyway. Because you're full of the Holy Spirit. And you've definitely been tempted by the devil. Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's meaning you. Come on. See, Jesus was tempted, and I want you to understand this today. Jesus was tempted not because he was bad. He was tempted because he was important. He was tempted because he was important. Francis Burkett said that Christ is no sooner out of the waters of baptism than he is in the fires of temptation. Whence we learn that great manifestations of love of God are usually followed by great temptations from Satan. You ever tried to step out for God and then suddenly all hell breaks loose, literally? You mean, you're just like, I mean, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to step out for God. And then suddenly like, man, what is going on? Simply this, new levels, new devils. You try to press into God. You you weren't bothering the devil before. Now that you're trying to step it up, the enemy's going, I'm going to take you out. I'm gonna, you, you think you can step up? You, 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 you watch this. And what does what, what the thing he do? And I, I want to tell you, that we were talking about this as our team the other week. Uh, if you've been baptized recently, understand. If you suddenly got baptized and you came under attack, same as Jesus. And what does he call into question? He calls into question your identity. Are you really a son of God? Are you really a daughter of God? Did God really say that who you are, he calls into question your identity. And you, you start going, well, what's the point? I tried stepping out for God and now I feel all under attack. The battle is real. That's what's going on. And so if you're going to get baptized, I, I, I said, we've got to teach people to expect when you get baptized, you will come out. When you stand up and go, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning, but they're like, stop him, stop him. No turning back, no turning back. We've got to teach people. You've got to understand when you go through that, attack will come. New levels, new devils. I I think I just thought of Natalie then as they, they, they were doing evangelism, stepping out, praying for people, seeing people healed. She herself came under attack. In the area of health, I'm not saying it happens every time, always. But you've got to understand as you step out for God, understand there's a battle going on and you've got to understand you are tempted not because you are bad but because you're important because he has a destiny for your life because yeah come on I'm preaching good because you have he has a purpose for your life in fact Frederick P. Wood said this temptation is not sin it's a call to battle temptation is not sin it's a call to battle listen know today if Jesus can be tempted and be without sin, realize so can you. Now somebody should say amen right there. Come on. If he can be tempted and be without sin, so can you. You can make it through this. Yeah, that's right. 
Remember, the Bible says no temptation has taken you, got you. Oh, I don't know what's got you. Of course, we're not going to tell. We turn up to church and we look like we're perfect. And, but no temptation has taken you, but that which is common to man. Sometimes people come to me and say, Pastor, what? I'm going to tell you something and it's going to really shock you. Nothing shocks me. I've been told all kinds of stuff. No temptation has taken you and you and you. But that which is common to man. Common means simply this widespread, general, universal. The message version puts it like this. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. We, we, we need to hear this because I found that people who are struggling with temptation think, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one struggling with this. I, I, I want to guarantee I want to guarantee there will be people sitting in this auditorium right now and you have felt this way this week. This week. You might have felt this way even before the service. You might, you might be feeling this way now in the, in the service. You're looking around at everybody else's perfect life. No. <laughs> Look at all the rest of the people in church. They've got it all together. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one who... No, I'm just I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. I haven't, I haven't got it all together. We're human. But isn't it great that even with all of our faults and failures, God still uses us? Come on. Oh, God, I just need to get perfect. And then you can... Use, no, no, no. See, that's the beauty of what God does, isn't it? He doesn't say, sort yourself out, then you can follow me. He says, follow me and I'll sort you out. Come on. Hallelujah. That's, that's what God does. I'll, if you follow me, I'll sort, you, I'll sort you out. The struggle is real. There's no doubt. So my friend today, if that's you, understand the Word of God says, not Pastor Adam, it's not me, it's not some self-help guru. The Word of God says that the temptation you experience and are facing are common, widespread, general, universal to all men. That means what you're struggling with, that person on the third row over the other side, down the back seat, a little way in, is also struggling with that problem. You're thinking, who's that going? You are not alone. I want you to know that today. You are not alone in the temptations and struggles and battles that you're at. I remember the story, and I've probably shared it over the years, of the young preacher. He was like, I want to be used by God. And he was listening to this, this 80-year-old fiery preacher who was preaching the gospel. And this young guy stood up in the question and answer time and said, he's like, Pastor, I want to be used of God, but I just, listen, my mind's a garbage heap. My mind's, I, I just can't stop. I try to read my Bible and then I think about girls and it's like, I try to read my Bible again and there's a pretty girl over there and I'm just like, why can't I just read my Bible? Anyone hear that? Don't put your hand up. I don't want to say it. Like, I just want to follow God, but I get all this stuff. And he said to the pastor, when does this stop? He said to the 80-year-old pastor. The 80-year pastor looked at him and said, when it does, I'll let you know. Come on, somebody. And all the 80-year-olds said, amen, hallelujah. You're not alone in the struggle. And I want to say also, you're not weird. Well, you might be weird, but I don't know about it. But you're not. Just because you're tempted, you're not weird. There's not something wrong with you. You're just human. 
You're just human, human. And our enemy, the devil, will seek to make you believe that you are alone in the test. Romans, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, tells us he's the accuser of the brethren. What does he seek to do? He seeks to isolate that he might eliminate you from the race. Come on. Everybody say a test. So I'm saying to you today, stay away from the edge. Stay away from the edge. Now, of course, what tempts you may not tempt someone, someone else. But here's what I uh, do know. One of my favorite quotes, Satan, like a fisherman, baits his hook according to the appetite of the fish. So what bait will make you bite? Might be different to you than somebody else, but what bait will make you bite? Because everyone has weaknesses. I mean, when I was growing up, I used to watch this black and white version of Superman. And it was said he was, he was faster than a speeding bullet. Stronger than a locomotive. Able to jump tall buildings in a single bound. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Superman. But as super as he was, there was one thing that would make him weak at the knees. It was something from his home planet called kryptonite. What's your kryptonite? What's your kryptonite? What's that one? You might be super in all these areas, but what's your kryptonite? What's that thing from your home planet, from your, your zone that makes you weak? You didn't have to think about it. You already knew what it was as soon as I said, I know I'm my kryptonite. Some, some of you got two pieces of kryptonite. Some of you weigh more. Sort yourself out. Come on. So it's just like, got too much kryptonite there. But what's your kryptonite? See, see, I want to say this. King, the Bible tells us that King David was a man after God's own heart. Yet we know he was a writer of the Psalms, the incredible Psalms. Yet he was tempted. He was tempted. So sometimes people say, oh, no, I can't be tempted. I, I, I want to just tell you, no, you, you need to say this. This is how you need to think. If it can happen to King David, it can happen to me. I mean, he was a man after God's own heart. I mean, try and beat that King David. Woohoo! If it can happen to King David, it can happen to you. So that's why we can't treat temptation lightly. I, I, I want to tell you, too many Christians live with how close can I get to the edge and not fall off. Oh, I just want to go. I just want to try it. Oh, it's not, it won't hurt. And we got stuff. We're dropping off into the chasm, you know. Tap your neighbor and say, keep away from the edge, you twit. Stop going too close to you. Stay away. It's a test. So remember, you give the devil an inch, he'll be your ruler. You give him a foothold, it'll become a stronghold. Remember this, the devil is a liar. He promises the best, but pays with the worst. He promises honor and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure and pays with pain. He promises profit and pays with loss. He promises life and pays with death. James chapter 1 verse 12 said, Blessed is the man who endures. Everybody say endure. Endures temptation. You've got to endure it. Some of us, we, we, we've lost our toughness in today's world. You've got to endure something. Get some fight in you. Yeah. Tap your neighbor and say, toughen up, snowflake. We've got to get some endurance in us. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man who endures temptation because having been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised on him. Listen, resisting the chocolate cake when somebody's up, would you like a pizza? Would you like a pizza? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. That's not, that's not how. Endure. Come on. 
endure. It's hard, but you've got to learn to endure. You've got to get some fight. See, here's the thing about Jesus. He, he, Jesus didn't come to hurt us. He came to kill us. He wants us to die to self. We've got to die to self. I, I'm just telling you. And here's the thing. When you're dead, you can't tempt a dead man. Ooh, chocolate cake. No, it doesn't work. 2 Peter 2.9, the Lord knows how. And listen, you might be struggling, but the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. If you seek to follow, He knows how to deliver you. If you seek to follow God, He knows how to deliver you. I'm going to close by simply saying this. You might be battling with temptation, and temptation is everywhere, but so is the grace of God. Wherever it is that you are, understand He talks about He will provide a way of escape. Temptations are everywhere, but so is the grace of God. You know, Paul said, speaking of the thorn in his side, he said, he pleaded of the Lord three times. I plead with the Lord to take it away from me. Take this thing, and I'm sure you, there's been some pleading here. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Here's the thing, my friend. I can't pray a magic prayer that will make all your temptation disappear. I just can't. Just can't. I wish I could. I wish I could just wave the magic wand. <laughs> and, and then we all walk out of here and got no problems. Trust me, I've tried it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. No, nothing. You've got to live your life. You've got to endure. You've got to fight the good fight. Come on, somebody. You've got to toughen up. You've got to just take hold of the Word of God and start to live it out and stop going, well, I don't feel, I don't walk by feelings, walk by faith. Come on, somebody. Just grab hold of what the Word of God God says. Stop believing the lies of the enemy, what he says about you, and start living by the truth of what God says about you. Good preaching. Thank you very much. So remember three things as we close. Number one, now I've closed probably three times, but I'm a preacher. Let's pray how preachers do it. Let's say in conclusion. You know, there's another 15 minutes. Number one, temptation is not sin. Number two, you're not alone in the battle. Number three, temptation is everywhere, but so is the grace of God. I hope this has helped you today. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you know, you, you, you just know it. I don't want to finish the service without giving people an opportunity. Maybe you've been battling. Maybe like Anita, Pastor Anita said, you've been raging in the storm. You know that in this moment, you can feel the Spirit of God knocking on the door of your heart. And the Bible says, if you'd open that door, He'll come. And if you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you've, got, you've had stuff going on. You've had battles that you're fighting. It's just like, man, I need to put my life in order. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you know, I need to get right. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. If you would like to be included in that prayer, as I pray it, I'm going to ask you to put your hands up when, in a moment. You might be thinking, well, I'm just going to sort myself out. Listen, friend, like, like, like I said, the gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good He is. So you, we, we, we can't do it in ourselves. We need Him. So right now, there'll be people knowing right now in your heart of hearts that you need to get right with God. So it's time to stop mucking around and get right with God. So if you're here today and you want to be included in that prayer, you know you need to respond to this. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just put your hand up and say, Pastor, please include me in that prayer. Is there anybody here today? You know you need to get right with God. Put your hand way up in the air so I can see it. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Thank you, madam. Thank you, sir, over here. Anybody else? You know you need to get right. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. You've been battling. Thank you down the back there. Anyone else? Slip those hands down. If you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't for whatever reason, you're just like, man, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know. Friends, stop worrying about this. It's, 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 it's God. We can't do it on our own. God does it. So if you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't, put your hand up now. Say, please, Pastor, include me. I should have put my hand up, but I didn't. Is there anyone here? Is there anyone? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You know you need to put your hand up. Right now, you know you're not responding to me. You're responding to God. You're saying, God, I need you in this moment. I need to get right with you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Let's pray this prayer all together. This is your prayer. For those who put their hands up, this is your prayer. We're going to pray it all together, but this is your prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. I would ask you, God, to cleanse me, wash me, make me as white as snow. Today, I turn from my sin and give my life afresh to you for your glory, for your honour, and for your praise. Lead me, Jesus. Help me in this journey. In Jesus' name.